Ladies and gentlemen, we have our first sponsor. York Athletics is on a mission to inspire and outfit everyday fighters with training footwear that actually fits. When your sneakers fit, you're fit to work hard. You're fit to fight with heart and you're fit to be you. Personally, I have four or I think five pairs myself and I actually wear them everywhere. I wear them to work, the gym, out at restaurants, of course, not during COVID. Uh, but here's the promo. Visit YorkAthleticsMFG.com. Use code 4133 at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $99 or more. So one more time, that's code 4133 to receive 20% off your order of $99 or more. York Athletics, footwear fit for the everyday fighter. All right, Birds fans, Eagles fall to the Seahawks, 23-17. to 17. It was really 23-9, to 9, despite the, the last-minute Hail Mary. Um, but I can't remember the last time that I had this dark of a feeling towards the Eagles. With how this team looks right now, it would I would just be remiss if I didn't admit that Jalen Hurts should be starting for this team. Yep, that's correct. I'm officially on the start Jalen Hurts wagon, and, I, and here's why. So first, the season's lost in my opinion. The Eagles are a terrible football team, and it just doesn't feel like that's going to change. Number two, Carson Wentz is struggling. There's no doubt about it. Right now, right now the Eagles are asking him to be like the 70% completion guy, like the quick pass, march down the field methodically kind of guy. And I have news for you. He's just not that type of quarterback. Even he's admitted it, saying he would rather change the circumstances than have the circumstances change him. In my eyes, Wentz, and this is completely my opinion, Wentz is a Patrick Mahomes-style quarterback. Like, he thinks like Patrick Mahomes in the sense that, like, we have to roll him out of the pocket, gun it down the field, hit the deep crosser, run it for 15, 20 yards. He's the gash play type of player. But we're asking him to play dink and dunk football, sort of like the, sort of like the football that, like, Drew Brees is playing in New Orleans right now, where he's just hitting swing passes, throwing slants, etc. Problem with that, Eagles, A, will be unable to protect whoever is playing quarterback for the rest of the year, unless we sign a major free agent who I don't see who we would right now, um, or something else happens, that is the case in my opinion. Um, and we have no one who can make a play down the field. So considering his struggles, adjusting to the dink and dunk offense, which is what we're basically asking him to do, if we continue to, to, to start Carson Wentz in front of this line and with this scheme and with this weapons on the outside, he's not going to be alive next season to build around. So, yes, I've seen enough. I'm jumping ship. I do think starting Jalen Hurts right now is the best move for this football team. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you, you finally come to see the light in the sense that um... – you know, you don't think Wentz should be starting anymore. Obviously, I've been saying that for uh, a few weeks now. Um, but to me, it's it's much less out of like, you know, charity to Wentz in the sense that like, oh, we got to keep him healthy for next year. Like, obviously, you never want to see somebody get hurt. But like, you know, Wentz is going to be on the team next year no matter what because of his contract. Like, I, I need to see Hurts because we're going to pick in the top 10 of the draft this year. And I need to know if we need to draft a different quarterback uh, with that top 10 pick, um, you know, another bad game from Wentz last night. And 
you know, Lewis Reddick said at the end of the game, you know, it's tough to evaluate Wentz in the context of what's around him. But like, you know, it's not unfair at all to say that he's been a below average quarterback in basically every single game this season. Um, you know, to your point about the the dinking and dunking, um, their offense really has been, um, you know, the past couple years, a lot of that like bogged down um, short passes where they really have to, you know, every scoring drive is like an eight or nine or 10 play drive. You know, it's not no quick strikes. Uh, and the last couple years, it was because they didn't have like a speed threat on the roster. But um, this year, uh, Jalen Rager is supposed to be that guy. Um, you know, John Hightower, um, you know, won on some deep routes uh, early in the year. And uh, for, you know, a couple reasons, that element of their um, passing attack has been totally non-existent the past few weeks. And, um, you know, last night uh, I saw a few opportunities down the field that uh, Wentz either didn't pull the trigger on or he did and he horribly underthrew. Um you know, Alshon on the first drive of the second half, he's not going to win on too many deep routes. It's just at his age, you know, as bad of a player as he is now, um, you know, he's not going to get open deep too often. Um, you know, he was open deep and Wentz didn't look at him, didn't pull the trigger. Um, had Goddard uh, in the first half uh, on a deep ball downfield that he underthrew by about five or six yards. Uh, that went from like a potential, you know, 50 yard gain or maybe even a touchdown to just an incomplete pass. Um, you know, there were, I think that I saw until the Hail Mary in garbage time, he was 0 of 5 on targets 20 plus yards down the field last night. Um, you know, it, it, to a certain extent, yeah, they have been calling a lot of dink and dunk stuff, but um, I think part of that is because Wentz isn't hitting the deep balls and you know, his accuracy and his ball placement on intermediate routes this year has been bad too. So I don't think there's, you know, there's not a lot of options in the playbook for Doug Peterson, uh, you know, when his quarterback is struggling to make basic NFL caliber throws uh, almost every week, uh, whether it's not seeing guys who are open or not delivering the ball accurately when they are open. Um, you know, it's been a recurring issue in just about every game this season. Uh, certainly, you know, they need to run the ball more Sanders getting six carries last night in a game that wasn't, um, you know, wasn't a two score game until late in the fourth quarter, unacceptable. And, uh, you know, definitely they need to do more bootlegs and rollouts with Wentz, but like, you know, you can't roll out on every play. You can't bootleg on every play at a certain point in, um, you know, the NFL comes down to being able to win in the drop back passing game. Um, the teams that can throw the ball well with quarter, uh, with good quarterbacks. So the teams that are typically the ones who are contending for super bowls and the ones playing deep into the playoffs every year. And, you know, it's clear to me that the Eagles don't have a guy who, um, you know, is the kind of quarterback who can just sit back in the pocket and pick apart a defense anymore. So I want to see Hertz cause I want to see if he is that guy, um, his mobility adds a dimension that, um, you know, Wentz just doesn't have post uh, post ACL tear and post back injury. So that's something that could maybe jumpstart the offense a little bit. Um, but like, you know, we've got to see, we've got to see if Hertz is, is a starter or not um, because we're going to be picking in the top 10 of the draft this year. And like, I need to know if we need to try to get like uh, Justin Fields or um, Zach Wilson. Okay. Definitely respect your opinion. Um, even though it hurts me to say that. So I just, you're completely out on Carson Wentz and, and you think we should either cut him or trade him 
for what we can and just wash the hands clean and start fresh. I just, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it I don't think it will be very easy to do that um, with his contract situation. Like, I think we I think we're basically going to be stuck with him at minimum through next season. And even it would be tough to move on from him after next season. So, um, you know, I think and look, I'll sidebar. I'll say that, like, Howie obviously, obviously needs to be fired. And I think he should have been fired a long time ago. But it's been apparent this year. And. Um, you know, I think if Howie is going and um, Doug is talking about potentially giving up play calling to someone else, then like Doug Pry needs to go too. as much as it sucks that he is getting dragged down by Howie's shitty roster this year. You know, he hasn't done himself any favors with play calling and game management. So if you're getting rid of the GM and you're getting rid of the head coach, like, yeah, you're probably going to need to hire a new GM and a new head coach who are able to at least in their job interview with Lurie talk about what what they're going to do with Wentz in 2021 as far as like rehabbing his value and seeing what you can you know get out of him as a player just because he is going to be stuck on the team next year because of his contract okay it's it's important to understand like it's important to understand something every quarterback in in the NFL will struggle at some point in their career like Rodgers had a, had a, his one of his worst years a couple of years ago Brady isn't playing well in Tampa Bay. And like, so yes, like Carson Wentz is struggling. He isn't reading defenses perfectly. It's just a ludicrous comparison to compare him at age 26 or 27, whatever he is, to like Brady losing a little bit off his fastball at age 43 or Rodgers. But why is it ludicrous when their numbers at their best are similar? It's ludicrous because Wentz hasn't done anything comparable to those players. Yes, he has. He's thrown 21 touchdowns and less than seven interceptions three years in a row. No quarterback has ever done that. I know we've talked about this before, but just as for the sake of our audience, like he's done stuff that no other quarterback has done, bro. Since 2017, he's the first, this is the first year his QBR has dipped under 90. Completion percentage this year is two percentage points lower than it was in 2017, his MVP year. Once his career QBR is 90. McNabb's was 85 (laughs) like that stuff like that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to like beat into your head like the ability to do that stuff doesn't disappear with the snap of finger like it you can think what you want but it doesn't bro I'm I'm, it's a a, comparing him to McNabb it's a totally different era in terms of how easy it is to pass the ball and how often teams throw the ball um there's a reason so many of the best QBR seasons the highest passing yardage seasons the highest passing touchdown seasons have been in the last 10 15 years it has never been easier in the history of the nfl to play quarterback than it is right now and yet the eagles 130 million dollar quarterback is one of the worst in the league um uh, to be honest with you like i'm sick of hearing about 2017 as a justification for um you know why wentz needs to be um given such a long leash like that was three years uh one acl and a back fracture and a concussion ago um, you know, he's just not the same player anymore. And, you know, if, if he was so dependent on Frank Reich to, to be a, an NFL caliber starting quarterback, then he just wasn't that good in the first place. He was a product of his scheme. It's the same argument that people make and I make all the time about Jared Goff not being that good. If he didn't play for Sean McVay, Jared Goff wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't be anywhere close to 
uh, you know, wouldn't have anywhere close to the stats that he's been able to put up the last few years. So, you know, if Wentz is really just the product of one year of Frank Reich, then, you know, it sucks that the Eagles got swindled into giving him a huge contract. And like, yeah, he was he was fine the last couple years. And like, yeah, he hasn't had the best uh, supporting cast around him the last couple years. I'll I'll 100 percent agree with that. But at a certain point, a guy that you invest 130 million dollars in as a franchise quarterback, like he needs to elevate the play of those around him. Like, so in your, in your definition, throwing 4000 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, QBR of 93 is just fine to you. It was fine. He was like a, I would say like maybe the tenth to twelfth best quarterback in the league last year. That's that's solid. That's Despite throwing to quote what Cowherd said, deck chairs and practice squad receivers. Like you need to get unsick of the argument that 2017 can happen again. Because I'm telling you, it can. I don't know how else to beat it into your head, but I'm telling you, it can happen again. A, if we get an offensive line, if we have weapons on the outside that can separate. I got news for you. That touchdown pass or that pass in the end zone to Rager. Justin Jefferson catches that football, bro. And that's where the problem is. That's where the problem lies. It's not in the fact it's like that ball was put on a freaking on an, it was, it was a, it was a need. He, he threaded a needle in the end zone and Rager just decided to stop running. Like that's one minute, minute example. Right. But I'm telling right, But what that, about, what about the two deep balls to Goddard that he underthrew by five yards and missed touchdowns on both of them? Were those Howie and Doug's fault? No, but I, I tell you what, Ball, Brian Baldinger can say whatever he wants. Having someone, having a D lineman come in your face and having Jason Peters turned around looking at the quarterback and watching it happen, yeah, that matters. I'm going to go ahead and on a limb and say that matters. So he wasn't, it wasn't a clean pocket. It wasn't perfect. Yes, he has, he has struggled this year um, with confidence in his receivers, and he's probably, he, he's underthrown the ball too. But you have to factor in the fact that, I mean, on that play, Jason Peters was facing Carson Wentz, watching him get getting pummeled to the ground. Like, you tell me, like, like would you be able to throw that ball? Like, say, say you could throw the ball 50, whatever, 60 yards it was. Like, would you be able to do that having a 300-pound defensive lineman coming at you? Dude, what kind of question is that? The Eagles didn't pay me $130 million exactly. to do that. Exactly. Well, I'm saying if you, were, if you were able to do that, like, you have to put yourself in his shoes. I'm saying that 2017 can't just vanish, bro. Even that, 2018 or 2019, too. That stuff doesn't go away. I see other quarterbacks in the NFL complete lots of, you know, lots of passes under pressure every week. Like, it's not an unreasonable request to make of your franchise quarterback. It is when when he's gone through so much turmoil and so much pressure. He's been sacked the most at a a historic rate. Um, So, you know, part— He's getting killed. He's getting killed, but— a part of that is the terrible offensive line, and part of it is how long he holds the ball on some of these plays. Agreed. Um, He's struggling. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the argument is. Like, to me, he's a really, he's he's been arguably the worst quarterback in the league this year. And out of quarterbacks who have been able, like, who haven't gotten benched, basically, guys who have started every one of their team's games, I think he is the worst in essentially every category. Leads the league in interceptions, leads the league in fumbles, leads the league in sacks. Like, that's Blake Bortles shit. Like, that's not like a fran- what a franchise quarterback does. And like, yeah, I mean, they're probably gonna have to hire a coach next year who is able to get like you know try to get the most out of Wentz. But like, I, I don't know if the ceiling for Wentz is like twenty five touchdowns and ten picks. Like, that's not a guy I want to pay thirty five million dollars to. That's like. That's a guy I'm happy trading and letting somebody else develop or uh, letting somebody else deal with. 
How could you say that when he threw 33 and seven though? Yep. Dude, it's a different player. It's not a different player. It's not. It's three years ago. He's 27 years old. I mean, yeah, if he was like 30, 35 or even 34 and he had this drop off of a season, then I'd hear you out. Then I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're probably onto something with the fact that with the amount of injuries he's had with the, the shitty offensive lineman, ah, crap, with the bad offensive lineman that he's, that he's worked with and with the pitiful lack of weapons on the outside. I mean, it's just, it's just no, it's just no contest. It's, it's no, it's no debate in my opinion. It's like, what you need to understand is you need to get unsick of the argument that 2017 can happen again, because it can. It's just, okay, I mean, like you, you repeating several times in a row that it can happen again is not just going to will it into reality. Uh, I wish it was that. Easy. But I'll tell you what will an offensive coordinator, a capable offensive line separation on the outside and guys making plays for their quarterback. That's how it's going to happen. I mean, if it seems all, easy, right? If, if all of those things need to go right, just for Wentz to not play like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, then he's not a guy they should have invested all this money into. I'll do you one better. He'd play like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If all of those things happened, if he could untear Last his ACL ch- and no. break his back and uncuss no. himself, maybe, I mean, ACLs these days can reconstruct stronger than they were before, so that argument's out. The back, I can hear you, especially I'm pretty worried about it this season because he's getting killed. That's why I want Hurts to start. And I don't like I don't know where you think these you know these roster improvements are going to be made. Whether Howie is the GM or not, they don't have any money to spend. Um, like not drafting Metcalf and not drafting uh, Jefferson in back-to-back years is going to set the Eagles back for at least five years, if not longer. Um, Completely agree. And like, there's just no, there's no hope for the future because there's no trust in the GM to draft or develop. Uh, There's no trust in the coach to call plays right now. And there's no trust in the quarterback to play well because he's been dog shit in every single game this year. Well, even you said the GM should get fired. So that's, I mean, I've been saying the GM should get fired for two years. Um, I'm as anti-Howie as it comes. Like, of course, his role in all of this is, is massive, and it's impossible to ignore it. And I think Jeff Lurie would be crazy to ignore it. But, like, it's also just totally ridiculous to me to, like, absolve Wentz of everything that's happening on the field because the context isn't ideal. The Seahawks' defense going into last night was allowing the most passing yards per game in the league. And... Wentz got held under 200. Well, that's uh, because they didn't have a pass rush and they had Carlos Dunlap, and now they're one of the best in that category. Wentz is one of the Wentz is the only quarterback in the NFL with three games below five yards per attempt this season. Just like not a QB who scares defenses, not somebody who threatens defenses. You can't. There's not one thing you can hang your hat on and say Carson Wentz does it well. He doesn't throw a good deep ball. He's not extremely accurate. He's not, uh, you know, the kind of quarterback who can run a read option and give you that dimension with his legs. He's, you know, decently mobile, but certainly he's not what he was in his rookie or or second year. And he's not, you know, in the top five, uh, you know, best running quarterbacks in the league. And, yeah, it sucks that like his receivers are are not good. But there were plenty of plays last night, a solid four or five where receivers were uh, wide open down the field and he missed them. I hear you. I hear you. All, all I'm saying is you, you need like you need to get unsick of the argument because 
especially at the quarterback position where guys play into the late 30s and even 40s sometimes, um, the ability to play quarterback at an elite level doesn't just go away because you were toward an ACL or because whatever happened to you, you got concussed or, or you got your back broken or whatever. Um, it's strictly an 11-man game, and one man can't uplift the terrible offense and terrible outside weapons that the Eagles have. And then it's as simple as that. Like, I, I can't frame it any other way. Um, you probably are the, aren't going to agree are the weapons worse on the outside than they were last year? Honestly, Jalen Rager is showing me nothing. Fulgham's better than anybody who played receiver for the Eagles last year. Greg and you can't Ward, get on the field. Greg Ward, who is the savior for the Eagles down the stretch last year, is on the team. Um, we also weapons, had Zach Hurts fully healthy. The weapons are about this. That he doesn't play outside. The weapons are what they He's are. He's still a deep threat. Look up Zach Ertz's, Zach Ertz's yards per catch in his career and tell me he's a deep threat. Okay, um, deep threat was the wrong. We were right. Deep threat was the wrong wrong word to use. I would more so call him a safety valve. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But he has Goddard for that this year. And look, the only, the only who's nowhere near the same level pass catcher as Zach Ertz. Keep going. Zach Ertz was dog shit to start the year. Goddard has outplayed him um, this year in every facet of the word. I would argue that the Eagles are probably based on what Ertz showed the first five games this year. What Goddard has given them is more than he was giving them earlier in the year by a long shot. And Richard Rodgers has been, you know, seamlessly filling in for Goddard at tight end too. Like the oh tight God. ends are, the tight ends are doing what you would have expected the tight ends to do entering the season. The tight ends are not the issue. I'll let you run with that. I just don't like the offensive line sucks. The play calling's bad. The pass catchers are bad. Like. If, I just like think I'm you're not, forgetting, I'm, bro. Here, I think you're forgetting that it's an 11-man game. I, and like, trust me, I, I hear you. You're frustrated. You, you, you want to pinpoint it on one guy. No, um, that's not it. That's not it. I know. I know how bad the offensive line is. I, I've been as disappointed by uh, how Rager's been since he got back from his injury as anybody. Like, you know, I understand that it's a team game and that these struggles are not entirely on Wentz, but like. It's not like he's having an okay season or a slightly below average season. He is playing like the worst quarterback in the NFL. So you agree that it's difficult to to evaluate him in this context, like you said you didn't agree with earlier? No, I didn't say that. I said, like, I acknowledge that the context is less than ideal for him, but like... And then immediately went on to shit on him. Like, I'm... Damn it, I keep cursing. Like, it's, it's... because because if the context was less than ideal and he was having like a slight dip in his numbers, like maybe touchdowns were down or interceptions were slightly up, like yards per attempt slightly down, you can understand that given the context. What you can't understand is a full-fledged regression back to a level below even that he played as a rookie coming out of a D2 college. Like he has shown this year that he has a floor as a quarterback that I don't think even the biggest Wentz haters in – not just Philadelphia, but in in terms of like football fans across the country, the floor that Wentz has shown with how awful he has been this year is lower than anyone possibly could have predicted coming into this year. And at a certain point, the buck stops with him. Um, I even think it it just doesn't. At least perfect, this season, it, perfect, it just doesn't. Perfect example last night, offsides on the first play, first and five. Alshon drops the the first. I think it was Alshon drops the ball on first down, second and five. All right. 
Time to bounce back. He's got Greg Ward wide open on a slant off a little RPO. Nobody within four yards of Greg Ward on any side. Get a nice completion in rhythm. We're moving the chains. We're, we're driving down the field on the opening series. And Wentz doesn't even put, a, put it on him where he can even get a body part on it. Like, just a, a horrible throw. And then, like, yeah, the drop happened before that. But, like, it's not like Wentz didn't have chances to make up for the couple drops his receivers had. He either didn't throw it to open receivers or he inaccurately threw it to them when they were open. Like, yes, his receivers are not winning as often as you'd like them to. Yes, his offensive line is not um, is not giving him as much time as you'd like to see. But when they do give him time and when the receivers do get open, it's not like he's capitalizing with those opportunities. So it gives, you know, like even despite all the other problems, when the problems are fixed, he's still playing bad. The problems have never been fixed this year. I agree with you on the ward throw. It was a missed pass. There were two rushers coming free, but I mean, like, like exactly, like you should be able to put that on them. Um, before the before even the drop, it's first and five. Run the football. I get Seattle's good against the run, but it's first and five. You can get two on that first player. You can get one yard and be second and four. Um, so I think that needs to be addressed prior to cutting the quarterback and letting him excel in Indianapolis or whoever else needs a fucking quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I so we're not going to agree on this. I think you just need to kind of understand more the fact that people can't just play at a high level and then just have that disappear. Like, unless – I can't even think of a scenario where this has happened before. Like, it just doesn't happen. Okay, I mean, like, guys <laughs> – Guys have one or two good years all the time, and they don't have any more. It happens all the time across sports. Do they set records that no one else has set and then drop off to, to nothing? I mean, it's a really arbitrary... It, uh, it just doesn't like, happen, bro. It's like a really arbitrary point of stats you picked out. Like, um, It's like, something that no other quarterback has done in the entire history of the NFL. Cool. He, I mean... He Come on, had, bro. He, he had one great year. Throw me a bone. I mean, he's had four great years. <laughs> he hasn't oh, had three. four great three. years. Three. He no. He's had three he's great had years. One great year, two good years. <laughs> okay. And then one of the worst years that a starting quarterback can have. It's honestly, it's harrowing to hear, especially you, who, who I, you know, you always talk about how players leave Philly and then they excel at different different teams. It's harrowing to hear you say that you'd rather have Wentz cut given the success that former players have had on other teams. Well, we, we can't cut What do you think is going to happen, bro? Do you think, think you go to Indianapolis with T.Y. Hilton and Frank Reich and, and throw up 30 picks a season? Like, it's it's, it's just not going to happen. I, I mean, I think if he, if he goes elsewhere, like, will he play better than he played this season? Probably. I mean, it's hard to play worse. If you play worse than this, they don't let you start the whole season at quarter. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. If, if he leaves and it's a, like any, it's an ideal or even okay situation, he's going to become another franchise quarterback and we're not going to be able to have him. We're going to have a running back at, at, at quarterback who can't handle the snap. Um, and we're going to, you know, it, it's not going to be good. So I don't know the the ball went, you're running back at quarterback shot at Jalen Hurts. The spiral he threw to Jeffrey last night on his only pass seemed to be tighter than any ball Wentz threw. Yeah, that five-yard route was impressive. I mean, all we've seen from him are completions so far when he's thrown the ball. I'd love to see a bigger sample size. 
What I mean, the, we do for your sake? The, I mean, the the most like the the pass that Wentz looked the most decisive about last night and put the most zip on and had the tightest spiral on was the pick on, on fourth and four to end the game. Honestly, it was the Rager touchdown, which he didn't catch. That ball was put in a bread basket, and I got news for you. Like I said earlier, Justin Jefferson catches that football, man, and it's a, it's a different story today. Um, so no, it's not his fault. Yes, he is struggling. Um, but I actually have a bold prediction about this Eagles team that I kind of want to share right now, unless you wanted to touch on anything else. No, I mean, go, go for it. Share your bold prediction. It kind, it, it really does feel like just, just get the sense that we've been calling for more rollouts and, and better play production. It kind of feels like Doug Peterson just wants out of Philly just because of the sense that Howie Roseman gets the final say on rosters and, and active players. Um, I think he's sick of it. And I think he understands that Howie Roseman has been less than incapable of drafting talent to make his team successful. I think he's tired of it. And I think he wants a new situation. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to Houston with Deshaun Watson and get all and get all of the power like he had um, or, you know, get all the power like like most of these other head coaches have. So, you know, the, you can call me crazy for thinking this, but. I mean, if you're a head coach, why would you want to stay in Philadelphia and keep, you know, keep getting ordered around by Howie Roseman, um, whereas you can get a better situation and on another team and ultimately have it have better success? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's not crazy at all. And I think there was, um, you know, there were some reports, you know, to that extent at the beginning of the season um, early on. I think definitely this is going to end with as much as I hate to say it, this ends with. Howie firing Doug, um, Howie convincing Jeff Lurie that, um, you know, even though Howie was the one who had final say on the draft class when they took Arthago Whiteside over Metcalf and McLaurin, and even though Howie was the one who decided that the Eagles had outscouted consensus and, um, you know, were, were going to take uh, Rager over Jefferson, and even though Howie was the one who told Lurie that we needed to draft a backup quarterback in the second round instead of defensive rookie of the year, Jeremy Chin, he's going to convince Lurie that none of that was his fault. He's going to hire another head coach. Um, you know, one option would probably be, um, you know, be enemy from the chiefs. Although I find it hard to believe they would go back to the, um, Andy Reed offensive coordinator. Well, again, after just doing it for Doug as the last coach, but, um, you know, no question. I think Doug, it, you know, might have one eye on greener pastures in the sense that, um, you know, he knows that he's been hamstrung by Howie's terrible roster draft and cap decisions over the past few years. And, um, you know, he could definitely have more say on player personnel and whatnot um, in another city coaching another team. And um, you, you mentioned yeah. that you mentioned Houston too. Like I bet he'd be dying to work with an actually good quarterback instead of Wentz. Um, and, you know, be able to see what his offense could do with somebody, um, you know, good at the controls. So, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just an egotistical freak uh, in the sense that he like, I think he's actually calling plays to spite Carson Wentz. No, I don't I wouldn't go that far. But like, I think I think like, for example, you saw all the. Reports no, go right ahead. <laughs> OK, sorry. Go ahead. No, finish. My bad. That's OK. Go ahead. Um, like I, like I think about like all the reports last night, um, before the game were about like, oh, Jalen Hurts took more first team snaps than usual in practice this week. And like, oh, Jeff Lurie has given, um, 
you know, the directive to Peterson to play Hertz if Wentz struggles and like, oh, you know, we have a package where Hertz is going to play with uh, without Wentz on the field. And I think to then play Hertz two snaps last night, that was a big fuck you to Howie and Lurie to right. be like, hey, I didn't want this backup quarterback in the second round. You forced him on me like, you know. I'm not going to coach my team that way. Even um, if you heard his, his, his press conference, I'm not sure if you, if you caught it, but Zach, uh, I can't remember his last name. He Berman. About, Zach, Zach Berman asked him about, um, you know, like, Hey, were you behind the decision to draft Jalen hurts? And his response, like, like listen to my tone of my voice on response. His response was like, Oh, absolutely. Well, why do you ask? Like, that's just the clear cut answer of no, I was not involved in it whatsoever. And I'm pissed about it. Yeah, and and what's what's also I imagine especially frustrating for Doug is that Lurie talks to the media maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. I think definitely once a year, sometimes twice. How he talks to the media like right before the season, right after the season, like at, maybe like at the combine and at the draft. Like how he is under ten media sessions a year. So Peterson is the one who has to face all these questions from the tough but fair i think philadelphia local media i mean some of the people are not fair I, some, yeah yeah but i, I agree but with like that. the beat writers i think by and large are not like trying to make something out of nothing for the most part like i think they are pretty good at their jobs and like they, yeah, they hold they hold them accountable right exactly and and so doug is the one who gets grilled for a lot of howie's mistakes and like this season yes doug has done uh, a really bad job with some game management decisions some go for it and don't go for it situations that he's messed up. Um, you know, some of the play calling he's had to answer for, but like a lot of the problems with the team that he has to answer for every week are how he's roster construction. And, um, you know, I'm sure he is sick of being like a shield for the organization's mistakes. So to go back to your original point, yeah, I could see it being very likely that he wouldn't mind coaching somewhere else next year. Cause I do think Doug would get a head coaching job. Um, somewhere else like he wouldn't have to sure. spend any time as a coordinator but i i wouldn't go as to far as far as to say that he's like actively trying to call bad plays to like um get yeah i mean that was a reach he, basically he's not going to adjust to satisfy the media or satisfy howie or anything like that um one thing on the confusion though like about all on the offensive side of the ball like the the misalignments, the the missed assignments, like Scott not running for a screen, the quarterback and the receiver is not on the same page, whether it be Goddard admitting it was his fault or Wentz admitting it was his fault, it just begs the question: like, are our players that much more stupid than the players on the other thirty-one NFL teams, or is it something else? Like, can our players not retain as much information as the other players in the league? Like, you tell me what what the cause of that is. You know, it's it's a rhetorical question and one that, you know, if you ask Doug, I'm sure he'd say it's something that we're trying to get corrected every week in practice. Exactly. Um, like, you know, there's no excuse for it, not at the professional level, no excuse for the retaliation penalties the Eagles took last night either. Um, you know, just both signs of an undisciplined and poorly coached team. Um, and, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's maybe parts of the offense are too complicated, but a lot of that has to be, I feel like players either not, not understanding or like coaches not communicating well enough, or, um, you know, 
on the field miscommunications about what play is being called. But like, what's so frustrating is that we have a coach. It's not like this is a new coach and a new QB, like where you, you would expect it would have some growing pains, especially in a season where the off season program was so um, shortened and remote because of the pandemic. Like this is a coach and quarterback who are both in their fifth year together. There's no excuse for what's happening out there. All right. So what about predictions for this weekend? What, what do you have against, or are we at Green? Yeah, we're at Green Bay. What do you have? I have one more, one more thing before predictions. Okay. Go ahead. Super disappointing night from Darius Slay last night. And like, yeah, that, I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Yet. Would, would they have won if he played better? Uh, I mean, probably not. They scored nine points until garbage time, but like when you trade a third and a fifth round pick for a 30 year old cornerback, and you pay him, I think he's, if he's not the highest paid in the league at corner, he's one of the top five. Um, when you give him that kind of contract, like you expect him to be not just good, not just fine. He's been fine this year, but you expect him to be elite and you, excuse me, you expect him to uh, be able to shadow other teams' number one receivers. And like, I get that he's not going to keep DK Metcalf off the score sheet. That's not, a, not realistic to expect, but like, 10 catches for 177 yards is also not, you know, that's like not what you'd expect in the other direction. Um, and like, this is supposed to be the big off season addition that overhauls the defense, but you know, it didn't look that much different than the defense in the wild card game last year where Metcalf had like 140 yards and a touchdown as well. Like, as you know, Slay just didn't, didn't live up to the, the task last night that his role and his contract would suggest. And, you know, it's just another mistake that Howie Roseman made that that his big offseason move and, you know, he paid that acquisition cost for Slay for a guy who's like fine rather than a top of the top of the line cornerback. And it's even worse. It hasn't it, that wasn't as big of a problem last night as it has been in other games where Slay has played better this season. But like even when Slay does shut his guy down, he like Avante Maddox is so bad on the other side of the field that like. It, it almost doesn't matter because somebody is getting open on every play. So the cornerbacks suck. And like with Rasul Douglas playing really well in Carolina, it's even more frustrating that, you know, Maddox didn't even have to compete for the starting job um, in training camp. Just another bad move by Howie and bad move by Jim Schwartz. All good points. We're coming up on 40 minutes. Do you have a prediction for Green Bay? Um, Packers 38, Eagles 13, uh, Carson Wentz gets mercy pulled for Jalen Hurts with like six minutes left in the game because it's already such a blowout. And, um, uh, then after the game, Doug says that he is evaluating the quarterback position and will let us know later in the week. That just gives a monotonous answer. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah, 31, 13, maybe, Packers. So there's that. Um, anything else before we just hop off? 40 minutes. Fire Howie Roseman. Fire Howie Roseman. But still go birds, though, at the same time. Reluctantly, with, with a heavy heart, yes, still go yep. birds. Till I die. All right, we'll catch you next week, people.